This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. This is Sean Daly with Green Talk Radio. Welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about promoting wildlife causes through social media and social networking. My guest to talk about that with me is Danielle Brigida, a marketing and social media expert working with the National Wildlife Federation. She also blogs. You can find her work on wildlifepromise.org and nwf.org slash view. As the United States' largest conservation organization, NWF works with over 4 million members, partners, and supporters nationwide to actively educate, develop resources, and promote achievable solutions. They seek to empower and inspire everyday Americans to address causes including global warming, protecting and restoring wildlife habitat, and connecting people with nature. Within her role at NWF, Danielle specializes in the use of social media and other tools to engage activists to protect wildlife. Among her social networking duties, Danielle is NWF's lead voice on Facebook, MySpace, Care2, Change.org, Dig, StumbleUpon, and other sites where she tracks emerging trends and finds the most effective ways to engage individuals with wildlife causes. She graduated from Christopher Newport University with a BA in technical writing and says that she spends her spare time reading and enjoying the outdoors far away from the computer screen. Danielle, welcome to Green Talk. Hi, thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. So you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit through the social networking sites, as I have with a number of other people that have been on the program. People are going to start thinking that I just hang out on Twitter all day. I really do get other work done, but I meet all these wonderful people, and uh, they're involved in in great causes and uh, organizations. So uh, really happy to have you on and and put, as I said in one of my Twitter uh, streams, a a voice to a tweet, (laughs) as it were, as odd as that may sound. Um, So why don't we just start by having you tell our listeners and myself a little about NWF, its causes, and maybe how you first came to be involved with them. Sure. Uh, Well, first off, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited about actually talking to you as opposed to just tweeting you and doing all that. But um, I started with National Wildlife Federation uh, a couple years ago, about two years ago. Um, But I'd actually been really in love with the organization for years before I started getting Ranger Rick magazine when I was a kid. And then I was involved in their campus ecology program in college. And finally I graduated from school. I did a bit of research on bat conservation and then I decided to uh, apply and I've been kind of working at NWF ever since in love with it all the same. But um, I, I got involved doing a lot of what I do now just by kind of acting on impulse and seeing a need for, you know, what, what needs to get done. So Danielle, what is your specific role and your day-to-day duties within NWF? My, my specific role is I serve as the associate operations coordinator for National Wildlife Federation. And that entails a number of things. Um, I do, I train other staff members on how to use Convio and I also build emails with HTML and CSS. But a lot of what I do on the side and how I've met you and some wonderful people is I do a lot of social media stuff. So you could kind of look at me as the person who 
learns how to harness tools and then train other people on how to use them. And just, I'm trying to always find the best way to reach people and, and get out our message. Well, and, and social media is amazing. There's a lot of leverage. And I, I imagine for nonprofits and any organization that, that has a low budget uh, or, or is reliant on sources outside of themselves for their funding, that social media provides the potential of a lot of leverage because there is the ability to reach a wider audience without necessarily having that equate to hard dollars. Is that one of the things that led you into it? Absolutely. I mean, you have to you have to realize that with a nonprofit the size of NWF, a lot of times it takes forever to get things done and it takes a lot of money. And so um, social media allows things to happen quickly and you can create a buzz around your campaign or your cause I mean, amazingly quick if it's if it's done effectively. And so uh, social media has been been wonderful. And I'm like, I'm addicted. Well, I, I, it's amazing. And you and you really are at the vanguard of it. And a lot of people ha- look to you as sort of one of the early adopters of social media and, and especially within the green movement, the greenies, as we call them uh, on the various networks, Facebook and Twitter and so forth like that. A lot of people look to you and uh, as a lead to kind of how to do it uh, correctly. And I, I know you've been giving some talks recently to other not to nonprofits and, and cause based organizations uh, on how to leverage social media. Tell us maybe just about some of the sites, some of the campaigns that you've implemented and how they've been successful for you and NWF. Uh, sure. Um, well, you know, for a while I was really active on, on dig. Um, I, I find that when working at a nonprofit, it gets really old because you've got a lot of people just wanting to ask for money. And so I think sometimes when you think of a nonprofit, you think of somebody just really asking you for money or asking, I mean, and of course it's a good cause, but it gets exhausting. And so Mm -hmm. the great thing about social media is that it's sharing information. And for the most part, people are really hungry for information. And I kind of am presumptuous in thinking that people really want to learn about the environment and care. And so I just want to give them as much information as possible. And I want to, I want to introduce my nonprofit and others as a resource and not just somebody who needs money, but somebody who wants to provide you with information so you can make a decision. And so I was using dig and a lot of social bookmarking and news sites to kind of share the current research that was going on and that was happening. Um, and so I got pretty, pretty into dig and I met some really great people through it. And that goes with stumble upon as well. I'm a big advocate for stumble upon. If you're a nonprofit and you've got a great message and you want to get exposure, I think stumble upon is a great way to, to go social media tool wise. And for, I just wanted to interject there for people that aren't familiar with stumble upon and dig there, there are sites that let you discover uh, other sites out there and connect with other people that use that network to discuss the content. So it creates a conversation uh, around the content and helps to make content that the community sort of crowdsourcing the, the, the community considers uh, collectively to be good or bad in some cases uh, to be highlighted as it were. So uh, anyway, sorry for the interjection. I'll let you continue there. No, that was great. Um, I think, yeah, I think, and part of what I talk about is just how to use these and how I use them and the kind of ethical rules that you have to to keep in mind when you're doing this because you don't I mean you can't look at you know your social media sites as an extension of your mailing list or anything else it's a very different world and I think that's harder for nonprofits to kind of to get into so while you are seeing a lot of nonprofits adopting social media you're also seeing pushback because they're like oh but it's so much time to invest in and so I'm trying to kind of spread the message that it's just a new way to do old business um, 
And sometimes, I mean, I have to still do it within my organization because they are worried about return on investment and, you know, how much time am I putting into this? And, but I think, I think people are, are realizing that it's no longer really a choice. Every, everyone should be doing it because there are people on these networks who want to learn about you. Sure. And have you been successful in cross-pollinating between you? You gave email marketing as an example, and I know you're heavily involved in that. Have you had a good success rate on the website and in the email list cross-pollinating over people to Twitter? Hey, like, hey, come check us out on Twitter or Facebook and having those people actually click through and, and do that? Yes, and a little bit of no. One thing is National Wildlife Federation it has a really a much older audience. And so while we have like pushed people over and kind of tried to push out our social networks on sites, we've done it very we've been very selective about when we do it and why because for the most part they're they're not really interested and even getting them to open email is sometimes as, as far as we can really expect them to go. So really the people that I'm cultivating on a lot of the social networks and getting to know and having the opportunity to, to work with are a different audience entirely. So it is ideal for me to be on these networks because we're kind of working at a new audience who might not, you know, their grandmothers are still donating, but they might not be. Right, exactly. Now, I'm curious, and this is a question that comes up a lot with people that are using social networking, regardless of whether it's cause-based or you know, for-profit or what have you, what are you doing uh, at NWF to measure the success, uh, your success online in general, as well as with the social networking sites? Well, this is a great question. One of the things that is hard is that no one has any set metric that you have to reach to be successful. But I think it's important to go into any campaign, especially when you're running online with a set of goals in mind. So if, you know, we're looking to get 10,000 people to take action on, you know, the endangered species attack or species act attack, we will have that set goal. And just because we we reach it, like whether or not we reach it, it still helps you kind of measure what is possible and what isn't. But I think it really depends on what your campaign goals are. I, I know for me, part of what my return is, is just making connections with people who are passionate and who care. And, you know, I kind of keep track of them and keep track of people who can really be leaders within their community and maybe not even leaders, but something more than leaders, you know, people who are interested in, in the cause beyond just pushing it out to their friends, but they really care. And then the other thing, I mean, of course, we look at the normal page views and, and kind of what, how many friends we have. And really, I do a lot of testing to see what works. I know the networks pretty well. And if you guys aren't on all these networks, each network has its own specific community. So I can tell you an article that I might push out to dig, the social news site may not work, but it may work great on StumbleUpon. So I kind of keep that in mind. If I see something working really well on StumbleUpon, I'll make a note of it. And then the next campaign, you know, I'll push it out and focus more of my time on StumbleUpon and really build an audience there. Yeah, it's really true. They are their own microcosms, then they're totally separate unto themselves. And, and you know, I've even been told, you know, if you're not a power digger, <laughs> that it's like best not to dig an article because you can actually hurt the person. And, and so there's all these sort of rules and so forth. But there are, you know, there are documents and facts out there I know that, that help people do this. What, what are some of the tips that you might have? You don't mind me putting you on the spot here. What are some of the tips you might have for people that are new to this, things to watch out for, uh, gotchas, uh, things to avoid, and, and maybe things to do on, on the various social networking sites? I think with all of them, the number one thing you can do, because I mean, you are 
whether you have your own personal profile or your organization's profile, you want to be respectful of the community. I think that's a big mistake that nonprofits and not just nonprofits, but marketers in general make is they get to the community and instead of listening first, they immediately start pushing out their message and expecting results. And I think if you're going to do this, you know, you want to kind of listen and just kind of observe the community, see what happened, like what gets attention and what doesn't. And then you can decide if it's really worth your time. And I think a lot of what works with social media is just doing it and failing quickly or, you know, succeeding quickly. But I, I would say if you don't have a, a profile on all, as many of these sites as you can, you, you might be, uh, you might be falling back on the, on the times, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I would even take it a step farther to say, from a brand protection standpoint, wh- wh- again, whether a for-profit or non-profit or what have you, or even an individual that has a brand, that, that you should go on any of the new and significant sites and, and create an account, whether you know that you're going to use it or not, because people can co-opt your name, particularly if you have a recognizable brand, and they'll do it. And and so it's really important from that standpoint to assure that your brand identity online is established and protected. And, and there's no way to... It, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier to do that than it is to get somebody to relinquish it, uh, as with a domain name or something like that. Good advice from you and, uh, and uh, something that we've, we've definitely seen over and over again with people getting you know, famous celebrities' uh, names on, on sites and, and getting thousands or, or hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I probably shouldn't give any, any more information away here. I'm going to start encouraging people. But uh, when we get back, Danielle, I, I want to talk to you. I wanted to break this into sort of a part one and part two. I wanted to talk to you about the social media side and your experience there. And then when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the organization uh, making a difference and uh, the causes that, that you guys support at NWF. So if that sounds good to you, we'll, we'll do that. Sounds great. Okay. Well, we will be right back. My guest today is Danielle Brigida. She's a marketing and social media expert working on behalf of the National Wildlife Federation, or NWF, in their efforts to protect wildlife. You can find them online at www.nwf.org. And she is also a blogger, and you can find her blogs online at wildlifepromise.org and nwf.org slash view. We'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everybody. Hey everybody, we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. Today we're talking about promoting wildlife causes, specifically the NWF's causes, through social media with Danielle Brigida, who knows a lot about that as an expert in social media and marketing. And Danielle, we were talking before the break about social media, social networking, the leverage that organizations could get through doing that. I would like to drill in a little more specifically about NWF. Um, Can you tell us, and, and really let's start with your experience of based on causes and making a difference, can you tell us about a time, maybe maybe even the first time when you really felt like you were making a difference with, with all of this work? As far as using, I mean, I, I feel like I make a difference every day, however small. But um, I, I feel like when it comes to my email marketing, we made a difference. Back when I first started, actually, we made, we made Inconvenient Truth movie parties, and we had all, a lot of our activists go out and do it. And we had over 300 different parties around the country. And I just, I don't know, that was when I really just felt the energy um, with NWF. And we did some social marketing around that, but we also did a lot of email marketing. And so I really felt like people were energized around it. That was the first time and it was when I first started. But since then, I've just been so amazed and impressed. I mean, both with the organization, but more so with the people. 
it can be really touching. And yes, sometimes, you know, on social media, like if I get something to get popular on dig, you get a lot of global warming's not real. And, you know, I mean, you get a lot of that, but deniers. Uh, yeah. Climate crisis deniers. Yes. But I mean, that's, that's so, I mean, that's not even the point of what we're doing. And so you can definitely look beyond that and see just a lot of people who care about the environment and who want to, you know, connect with nature and who want to protect wildlife and their habitat. So, so I feel really lucky and yeah, I, I see it pretty much every day. I mean, I'll get it like a side comment or somebody encouraging me and it just, you know, it really makes you realize that you are making a difference. I, I have a question for you, just going really directly to the, the causes that you support. What are some of the more important national wildlife Federation causes that maybe you'd like to call attention to in this opportunity in this podcast for our listeners? Sure. Um, well, right now we're really focusing on connecting people with nature. Um, so we have a couple different sites that do that. One in particular is for parents, but it's called greenhour.org. And it is, um, it's a great site. It gives you ideas of how you can take your kids outside and give them uninstructed or unrestricted play. Sorry. Um, and, you know, we're really trying to build that emotional connection to nature so that future generations who are spending so much time online will have that and and i think that's what nwf does really well we have our magazines and we have that and then we also you know work to protect habitat and we encourage people who have homes you know to have to keep their backyard friendly for wildlife so you can have a water source and and that's certifying your backyard but i encourage people to do it either way um just to kind of realize you can make a difference both within your community and, you know, by buying nature-friendly products and doing everything. But, I mean, really everything you do does affect the environment around you. And NWF has a good way of kind of bridging the gap and showing you that, um, you know, through all of our program, we have another program called Good Neighbor Program, and that's something where we encourage people to, you know, reduce the energy they're using by a number of ways, a lot of which you guys talk about on Green Living Ideas. Um, you know, we're really just trying to show people, you know, you can be happy, you can be yourself, um, but you can also be helping wildlife while doing that. So yeah, it's great. Now I'm, I'm curious about the, you know, obviously the economy's <laughs> the number one topic, not only in the news, but also in the presidential elections and, and, and everywhere worldwide right now is the current economic climate a concern for nonprofit and cause-based organizations, uh, you know, vis-a-vis maybe a lower expectation of, of revenue through donations and such? Is that a concern right now? Um, it hasn't taken its toll yet. Um, no, I, I mean, knock on wood. <laughs> right. Well, right. I think right now with the green movement that is happening all around, we've been, we've been kind of benefiting from that because people really are, I mean, we've been saying the same message for so many years, but people are really listening so I don't I don't think we've seen anything really but yeah I mean we're really just trying to encourage our members to save money but donate no. <laughs> so no I mean we try and give them as many tips. I think we've sent quite a few emails recently about how to save money at the pump and it and it helps the environment by doing that by using less fuel obviously and um or gasoline and it it also helps wildlife because you know what what you do at your home and really does affect the world around you and that's something we're trying to push. <laughs> Are you guys getting involved in legislation against this sort of uh, you know, encroachment? Is that a big part of uh, of what you do? Is you know, getting involved in supporting in various states, for example, legislation to help prevent the loss of habitat? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we we have a huge advocacy 
role or we play a huge advocacy role and we do that in a number of ways. I'm on what's called the action team. And so what we'll do is we'll kind of pay attention to what's going on in Congress and then we will push out action alerts, but also we have, you know, really effective lobbyists and we have fly-ins so that people come and, you know, if there's habitat that's at risk. I do a lot of stuff with that. I mean, we have, we've actually even engaged um, certain hunters and anglers to fly in and, and lobby on behalf of the Federation. And that's mostly to kind of really show that, you know, we're bigger than just a certain kind of, we're nonpartisan. So, and I imagine those people have such a literal grounds eye, bird's eye view of what's going on that they can really provide testimony towards the problems that are occurring. Absolutely. I mean, and and that's what's really effective when you're going into these offices and lobbying is is when you have someone who's in Oregon fishing and can't, you know, and sees climate change in action. And so it's just it, it actually we, we really try and be bigger than politics and everything else. And we really want we just want people who protect wildlife. We're not going to judge them why we're just going to, you know. <laughs> help them as much as possible. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Well, so I'm curious, what steps can people listening in today take to support wildlife causes in general and, and also the NWF? I mean, I think it's with everything else. If you want, if you're more comfortable working locally, kind of uh, like I was talking about earlier, certify your backyard or at least read up on how you can kind of make your backyard more friendly for wildlife. If you're a homeowner or if you live near a school, you can even have them kind of certify their yard. Um, if you're more comfortable working on a national level or online, find me. I can direct you to anything you want as far as online activity. We have a volunteer program that kind of works for our habitat steward, people who are looking to kind of make wildlife habitat more available. And then we also have a variety of programs that we would love involvement in. So if you're really looking to kind of make a difference and help wildlife, search our website or come contact me. I'm on pretty much every social network there is. <laughs> and I can- well, let's, and I wanted to ask you about that. I know that you're, you're personally on Twitter as a star focus, S T A R F O C U S. And then the NWF's on at Twitter, uh, as NWF. What other ones can people find out from the various networks? Uh, I know you're on Facebook. Can you offer some of the other ones? Sure. Are you, are you talking about me or NWF? Uh, whichever. I try and be on everything. So no, um, my star focus is my typical handle for a personal thing. But if you search NWF and there's actually a, a dinky little webpage I made, but it's just online.nwf.org slash social sites. And that's where NWF is present. And then we've also got Facebook, MySpace, Dig, Reddit, StumbleUpon. I'm star focus on StumbleUpon. Quippy. I mean, you, you know, this shot. You know, oh yeah. That's the way you got to do it. Well, Cause you never know. You're going to catch different people in different, uh, on different sites. So Plus they all are a little different and it's fun. <laughs> they are all a little different. Then there's a few that are really cool that won't take off. And you're like, why won't that take off? Uh-huh. You know, like Plurk, it's like great interface. Nobody's on it. Well, I mean, you know, people who use Plurk, Plurk are probably going to write in and tell me I'm on Plurk. What are you talking about? But yeah. I can't, I, I can't find a lot of people, but uh, yeah, well that's great. And so, so it sounds like that, that site you mentioned is sort of an index to all of the online presence that you have. Right. Just search my name. That's how I remember what sites I'm on sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I have to mention for people that are into this too, there's this awesome tool, and I think you might use it as well, or I know you know of it, uh, ping.fm mm-hmm. for updating multiple social networks using one tool. Like it goes out and basically updates them all from one entry. And uh, so for anybody who is managing uh, multiple sites, multiple social media sites, a very cool tool to check out, ping.fm 
and there's tons of other ones out there, but I, I, I really like that one a lot. And, and it also has an iGoogle gadget, so you can put it on your iGoogle homepage and, and literally type it in there, which I find quite useful. So Danielle Brigida is a marketing and social media expert working on behalf of the National Wildlife Federation and their efforts to protect wildlife. You can find them online at nwf.org. Danielle, it was a real pleasure having you on the program and would love to stay in touch in the future. Thanks so much. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.